Welcome back, Oscar fans. This is Jake. Today we are talking best original song. As of Friday, Trolls World Tour is available for purchase on video on demand. This was somewhat of an inauspicious release. It had been scheduled, of course, for a theatrical release. It was then moved up to April 10th when the James Bond movie No Time to Die was pushed back. Obviously, all that got pushed out when cinemas all across America closed, and they ended up releasing this movie on video on demand. So the question we're talking about today is, will a song from this movie be eligible for an Oscar, and will it win an Oscar? The Golden Globes updated their guidance to say that any movies that had planned a theatrical release during this time period were eligible. If the Oscars takes that same tack, Trolls World Tour will be eligible. If this is eligible for an Oscar, where you'd probably see it is in Best Original Song. The first Trolls movie, Justin Timberlake wrote, Can't Stop the Feeling. That was nominated for an Oscar. He's got a new song um, on this one called The Other Side with SZA that could be eligible. And so in the spirit of really diving deep into every category like we do on this show, I'm going to take today to double click on somebody who's been really a pretty important figure over the last two or three decades. And that's Justin Timberlake, who has obviously been most famous for his career in music. He's, he's had a Hollywood impact. He's in Trolls World Tour. He had been in Friends with Benefits. Definitely somebody who is Hollywood adjacent. And with me today is uh, one of the foremost Justin Timberlake experts that I know. <laughs> Elliot, thanks for joining the show. <laughs> thanks for having me, Jake. <laughs> so what I want to do today, and admittedly, this is a little bit of a stretch for an Oscar show, but obviously, if he were to win an Oscar this year, that would be kind of an epicenter of culture. And so it seemed appropriate. You know, this exercise seemed appropriate. I wanted to go through and and just kind of debate and rank his 15 most culturally relevant songs that he's given us over the past, God, 25 years. Something like that. Well, it started with NSYNC. But NSYNC, <laughs> I mean, God, when did, what, Tearing Up My Heart was 1996 or 7? Yeah, late 90s, and then early 2000s was, I think, Celebrity. I think. I could be mixing those up. No, that sounds right. And Celebrity is is probably the most appropriate way to talk about JT. I mean, he's somebody who has really penetrated the consciousness. And so we each went through and ranked our top 15 most culturally relevant songs that I think sum up Justin Timberlake. Um, a couple of guardrails we put on it just to make it, I guess, manageable and doable. We kept it to songs that are written by Justin Timberlake. So, for example, Bye 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 is not written by Justin Timberlake. All the songs we're looking at here have to be written um, by Justin Timberlake. And then we kind of tried to put it through the frame of how does this play into his larger celebrity? Because that, I think, is what then makes him adjacent to Hollywood and puts him in movies and maybe you'll put him in the Oscars um, once again. So, Ellie, I guess before we get into the list, what did you, how did you feel about this exercise overall? Um, it was fun. It was a good distraction, actually. And I think it also, it made me feel old, you know, because <laughs> I look back at some of the dates of like when his NSYNC albums came out. And it was also a little bit surprising to me just how many songs he had like actually written. So like all four of his albums. So the 2020 Man of the Woods and Justified and Future Loves. So that's five albums, actually. He had written or co-written all of those songs. And so I didn't know that. And so it was surprising. It was fun. I don't know. And like I said, it was a really good distraction. 
And yeah. then I got to watch a bunch of videos. So it was, you know. <laughs> yeah, I think my YouTube is just going to feed me Justin Timberlake videos now for <laughs> the rest of my life. Well, let's get into it. Could them. do worse. Yeah, there's that. That is true. We'll just uh, we'll kind of jump back and forth here, and then I guess negotiate our picks a little. We don't have to arrive at a final like consensus with, but we kind of just can make uh, make our, our our own little pitches for for the order here. A couple songs that neither of us had on the list: "Summer Love," "What Goes Around Comes Around," "Say Something," "Man of the Woods," "Not a Bad Thing." carry out yeah. he's got a pretty deep reservoir of, of music which I, I i knew but like going through this actual exercise is kind of eye-opening i was watching all of those videos like no which one it was more um like innovative which one like was more popular all of those things so it was fun but it was like it was really hard to narrow it down i think originally when i made my list i had like 24 or something like that <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's a pretty. I agree. We could have probably done the top fifty Justin Timberlake songs, and <laughs> but uh, no one's got time for that even during a quarantine. The perfect place to start on an Oscar show that's pegged to Trolls World Tour. Your number fifteen was the other side. So do you want to jump in and, and kick us off? The Trolls World Tour. Um, there's two songs that are going to come out from him. He actually wrote a lot more on there, but um, I listened to some of them. And these are the two so far that they've released like videos for and everything. But um, I know you had "Don't Slack" on yours, right? No, I don't. I don't oh, have. Uh, I don't have any Trolls World Tour on. Mine. Got it. Okay, so if you watch the video on it, it's like it's catching on, and I thought like this is his almost like re-entry, if you will, because I have a feeling he's recording more music. And I, th- I mean, what else are people doing these days, I guess? And so, <laughs> you know, I think this is going to be like a re-entry into like music and there's going to be a different sound attached to it again. So every album he's released, there's been like a different theme or a different sound or whatever. And my guess, I guess, is that like this is going to be the kickoff of it. So it's completely a guess. It's completely like I'm going to throw this one in as like a like a prediction almost, but that's the reason why I chose this one and not don't slack. I actually, that's very convincing. I'm already, I'm convinced by that because, so I did not have it on my list because my thought was, well, this is too new. And you know, if it, if it gets nominated for an Oscar, then obviously that would really shoot up the relevance of it. But I mm-hmm. think your point is actually really good because if you think about like, I think his last hit was man of the woods, uh, which neither of us have on there it sort of felt like, well, is this the end of JT? Like, is he just not really relevant anymore? And now he comes back with this song that seems to be catching on early. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think that's actually, that's interesting. I hadn't thought about that. I'm convinced. So, I mean, like I said, I went back and forth between the other side of Don't Slack, and it was kind of like you could choose either one, because I think both of them are pretty fun songs. They're catchy. And so, but I think the other side, you're right, this is the one with says that like, even the video of it, if you watch the video, it's, it's different. And so that's, that was the only reason why I put it in there as 15. <laughs> Excellent. Um, all right. Well, yeah. my number 15 is a song that you have um, quite a bit higher. So I'm not going to talk about that right now. I'll skip to my number 14, which is Dead and Gone. Oh, 
this one to me was it's one that if I probably wasn't Googling all his songs, it wouldn't be the first thing to pop into my head. But once yeah. I hear it, I'm like, this is this is pretty quintessential JT. Like I felt like I had to sneak it on the list. I couldn't really get it higher than 14 given the other stuff, but but I felt like this one should be on there for me. Yeah, I went so all of his like you know, songs where he's a featured artist, not the main artist, I guess. Like I almost lumped those together. And so it, I think like four minutes was one song. He has a collaboration with like Rihanna, Sierra, Beyonce. Like all of those songs were to me like were clumped together. But see, like what you said of like when you think of JT and when you think of his songs, like is this one of the first songs that comes to mind? Probably not. Like to me, Holy Grail comes up before Dead and Gone. And so, and Holy Grail was his collaboration with Jay-Z. If I had to put those songs into like a JT category, <laughs> you know, I think that's why, that's why I put Holy Grail in there. What was your number 14? Filthy. Baby, don't you mind if I do exactly what you like times two. That was the first song that came out, um, or that he released from the Man of the Woods album. Um, I loved that video, first of all. And I think when everybody, like after 2020 experience, people were like, what is he going to do to kind of recover from the 2020 experience? Because that, like not many people liked that sound and didn't like that those two albums. And when they heard the album title Man of the Woods, people were like, what is he doing going country or what's going on? And then Filthy came out and it was like a classic JT song. And everybody was kind of like, okay, now he's recovered. He's back to like the fun, dancey stuff, you know? And the whole album is definitely not like that. But to me, like Filthy was like that recovery. He has a sound and it is that sound for sure. Mm -hmm. Yep. It wasn't such a hit, I guess, that it wouldn't like be higher on the list. So, but that's why I have it as 14. Yeah. Yeah, well, and I think once we get into, like, the top ten and you'll see, kind of people will see that, like, like they could all almost be, like, number one. So it's, like, yeah. <laughs> anything that's in this next five here, it's sort of, like, a different category. I'm going to skip your 13 for now um, and talk about that a little later. Um, mm-hmm. My 13 you did not have on your list. It is Dirty Pop. BT. Sick and tired of hearing all these people talk about What's the deal with this pop life and when is it gonna fade out? The thing you got to realize what we're doing is not a trend. We got the gift of melody, we're gonna bring it till the end. Come on now. About the car and drive when I wear around my neck. All that matters. that it's just about respect. Or I guess pop. Yeah, just <laughs> This is this is from Celebrity. This is still an InSync song. Yep. It's Celebrity was probably I'm trying to remember was there actually an album of InSync after Celebrity or was it the actual last album? I think that was the last album. After that it was like the the hits or the greatest hits or something like that. Yeah, when they kind of transitioned. Yeah, so like this really was their last album. It felt like like even at the time like the songs weren't quite as relevant. I think Pop was the first one that came out. Gone, I think, might have actually been a single. I think so. I honestly what? can't remember. 
there, there's one that was a big hit that I have later on in the list. But but pop was I, I put this on there because I think that like in sync is still a huge part of JT and who his what his personality is. Yep. And there's I have three in sync songs on this list, which I think is like maybe a stretch given that he didn't write most of the biggest ones. But pop was kind of it was it was the end of kind of it was it was almost like a transition from like what in sync was to what JT was gonna be. It's kind of that a weirder yeah. sound, <laughs> but still a boy band song. Um, so I felt like I felt like it it deserved to be somewhere on the on the countdown here. Yeah. So when I looked up the in sync albums to see who wrote them, um, like that celebrity, you're right in the sense it had a different sound. And Celebrity is the only album where Justin Timberlake wrote a lot of the songs. And so you kind of tell it was like it's almost like his his first try into different sounds and different songs and all that kind of stuff. Not such the boy bandy songs, if you will. And so and I think to me, I didn't include any NSYNC songs in there because I think when I think of NSYNC and Justin Timberlake, I don't think of Celebrity. You know, I don't think yeah. of pop and gone or even girlfriend even though i do love that song like i think of bye 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 and you know tearing up my heart and those were not written by him and so if we're talking just like justin timberlake ish justin timberlake songs then yes those would definitely have been on this list but since we had to narrow it down to the ones written by him like it was hard for me to include in sync songs because to me in sync justin timberlake is like the earlier albums yeah, no, I think that's fair. And like the art of list making is sort of a weird, delicate um, <laughs> thing anyway, where you're like kind of picking things to tell a story or whatever. Totally, um, yeah. But all right, well, moving on then to number 12. What did you have here? I have Love, love Stone. Talk to me about Love Stones slash I Think She Knows. Yeah, so this is a song that, like, God, it was in Future Sex Love Sound. And that album had, like, Love Stone and um, Summer Love, um, like, Sexy Ladies. All of those songs had these, like, weird interludes in it. And Love Stone, I think, is the one that had... Like, like a slow jam almost, I think, at the end. And so, like, when I think about that album and, like, like Sexy Ladies is my favorite song on that album just because I like the beat to it and I can run to it. Or I used to run to it, I should say. But, like... When you could go outside. Well, that and, like, when I didn't have my boot on. But, you know, like... So to me, that was just a fun song and everything, but it wasn't very popular. Love Stone was popular and it was different. And so, like, it wasn't his, like, just nothing but dancey songs. Yeah, I think that's part of the flex of, like, JT and how famous he is. Is like, he he did this weird experimental kind of, I don't know if experimental is quite the right word, but these types of interludes, like the musical interludes that you're talking about, yep. you couldn't just hear, like, you wouldn't hear that on, like, a Sean, what's the name of the kid who sings all the songs now? Sean Mendes? Yeah, like you wouldn't hear that on a Sean Mendes track. Like I feel like you have to be like really <laughs> famous to like make these levels of like the interludes work. 
yeah. On Man of the Woods, he had Jessica Biel in one of the interludes. Like, and he had a, it was after Filthy, actually. It was at the end of Filthy. And then you could hear her voice also on Man of the Woods, that song. And so I guess if you have a famous wife, you can also have some nice interludes, too. <laughs> yeah, well, that's a pretty good call out, too. That, I haven't, I didn't work Jessica Biel in here anyway. Um, <laughs> um, well, speaking of things that just prove how famous you are, my number 12 is Four Minutes. And basically just because this is a song, well, a couple things on this. So first of all, this is one of like his highest charting songs, which is kind of crazy. But like, if you just look at like sort of weeks on the, on the charts and stuff at number one, this is like almost at the top, which wow. I thought was pretty surprising when I looked that up. But above and beyond that, Madonna is, I think, pretty fickle in terms of who she'll record with. Um, yep. And again, this is a really famous dude who's like, a huge celebrity and i think that four minutes is uh shows that yeah yeah i like i said before like i went back and forth of like which collaboration song to put in here but yeah i mean madonna rihanna any one of those but i didn't know that bit about like how much time it had spent like at the top of the charts or anything that's kind of cool yeah i mean i guess like it is a song that was like it was weirdly like popular but like kind of post like, it was way after Madonna was popular, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, it was, like, I don't know if it was, like, trendy at the time, but it was definitely, like, played a lot on the radio. I mean, maybe she was trying to get the whole, like, Britney, Christina, Justin, like, you know, collaborations <laughs> together or something. The trifecta or d yeah. or whatever. <laughs> we'll definitely talk about Britney more. Uh, <laughs> looks like we have the same number 11. You want to oh. talk about that? You know, I used to dream about this when I was a little boy. I never thought it would end up this way. Drums. Yeah, like I said before, the Like I Love You... Rock Your Body, I went back and forth about those. I think those were the songs I think they, that he worked with the Neptunes on. And the videos, I remember, they're both very dancey videos. Um, I think this one is from Justified. And so, like, again, this was his very dancey album and everything. And I, I, I don't know, both songs to me were just such big hits and they were so fun that, like, I just kind of had to include them. But, I mean, like, I also know that working with the Neptunes was a big deal. So, yeah. Yeah, Like I Love You was a pivot. I feel like it's such a memorable song. Like, the guitar mm -hmm. hook, it was a change in gears, I feel like, to his musical style. This was, I, I would almost say, the peak of his celebrity. Like, this was really, like, when he was, like, becoming the top alpha dog. Yeah. I would agree with that. And that and that guitar, like I just if I hear that, it like takes me to a place, and I don't know. I felt <laughs> like that was a, a really relevant song. But I think that's what it is, right? I mean, if you have, if you can remember, like 
specific, like where I was when I first heard this song or something like that, you know, like it's personally relevant, but if you've got a group of people who all can relate to that with one song, then it becomes culturally relevant too. Right. And so like what you said of like, I can, you know, as soon as you hear that guitar or as soon as you hear a beat of it, like everybody knows what it is. That's pretty relevant there too. That's well said. So number 10, you just talked about a little bit. You had rock your body. So my number 10 is one that you have a lot higher. So I'm going to skip it for right now. I'm going to go to my number nine, which is not on your list is AO technology. this one for me was i'm out of the boy band like i'm a grown-up grown-up now <laughs> This was a this was like a song that was cool, like really cool. Like this song that has Fifty Cent in it, like it's got a driving <laughs> club beat. Like this is just cool, cool music that I feel like again. This is this is peak JT to me, and so that's why I had it so high. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, like, and I think, you know, I've grown up. I'm not in a boy band anymore. I'm not that. You know the everything's poppy anymore to me that album was the 2020 experience yeah and so and so like most of the songs like so your ao technology you say like 50 cents in that one like holy grail was that one for me because jay-z's in that and you know it's it's got a good beat but it's not pop well it's not as poppy as his most of his songs and so like like when I rem- when I remembered he was in ao technology and everything when I saw that on the list I was like oh yeah but it's not a song that like I immediately think of when I think of Justin Timberlake either. And so I think that's why I left it off. That is fair. And it is, it's sort of a, uh, it's a pretty loosely guardrailed exercise. Um, (laughs) So, so it is, it is open to quite a bit of interpretation. And, but I think that's a good point that like, you don't necessarily, JT isn't all over the song in vocal. But I do think his essence is kind of deeply embedded in this music. Yeah. Um, what was what was your number nine? My number nine was "Drink You Away." A thousand proof, don't change the truth. I got it, but I can't, I can't drink you away. I've tried Jack, I've tried Jim, I've tried. So from Man of the Woods, and so like that, I'm not in a boy band anymore. And now he's like he is venturing into almost almost the country sound, you know. And I think like it's funny because when 
this song came out, people were like, what the hell? But then like people sing along to it. And so that's what, to me, that's why it was kind of like, you say you don't know, you say you don't like it, but you're singing along to it. So to me, that was relevant. <laughs> it definitely shows his ability to evolve too. And like, he is somebody who's had like a clear progression in his career. Like, it's really yeah. like, he, it's all growth, like album to album, song to song. Um, yeah. I think that's a really good example of that. So we're cruising through it about halfway through the list. My number eight was Girlfriends. Personal shrink, boo, I care what you think. I'm off the Billy and Pink, cause my dough in sync. So tell your man, bye bye, and tell him you're long. Ain't no need in waiting up, you didn't find you another. I don't know why you care. Why you thinking about it, mama? He doesn't even know you're there. He ain't Cause he don't love your eyes, and he don't love your smile. With or without Nelly, but probably with Nelly. <laughs> this is the second of three NSYNC songs I have on here. Two are from, this one's from Celebrity as well. Um, mm -hmm. And this one, I think, you know, if, if Nelly hadn't done his version, this wouldn't probably be on the list at all. Yep. With Nelly, though, this, this was a real big hit. NSYNC, but kind of pulling in a huge star and then kind of, Justin went off and started doing all these big collaborations. So, yeah, I had this up at number eight. Yeah, no, I mean, I remember that music video. Like, that's one I didn't have to YouTube because I remembered it, you know, like all of them in their cars and everything. And so that's a good one. Yeah. Let's talk about your number eight right now, which I actually have at uh, number six. Mirrors. Yeah, I think, I don't know. I mean, to me, it was it was a big hit. Mirrors was like the recovery song almost um, after Suit and Tie like, didn't do so well. And like the album, or I'm sorry, the video of it. Um, and he tells like the personal story about his grandma and grandpa and everything like that. And so the video like took off after he like related to his personal life. And so I think, again, that's why also like it shot up even more and became more of a recovery song from that album. So that's why I put it up there as eight. Yeah, I, I agree. And I had it at number six. So a couple of things. One is like this is one of, I think, his best constructed songs. Like it just has it, it's got so many components. It kind of leads in with those horns that are really recognizable. You mm -hmm. then have this like really well constructed like main part of the song and then it's got this almost like two minute epilogue that kind yeah. of like where it doesn't end and it just keeps going and it's just like it's kind of it's almost like art and I feel like like he really like has created some pretty interesting kind of trends leading stuff and this I thought was a good example of that it also is his second biggest hit of all time so oh. peaked at number one in 2013 and I guess this is measured by number of weeks. Combined sales and streams from Billboard official starts. There's only one song that we'll talk about later that's higher than this. So 
Um, yeah, I was I was pretty surprised to see that, but that kind of I think pushed it up the list a little bit further for me. Oh, okay. You also have to remember that there's like a lot of like my personal opinion in this. <laughs> was so like when I say it was his recovery song, I'm like I still like suit and tie. <laughs> no, there's there's this is an extremely subjective <laughs> exercise. It's talking about talking about music on a on a movie podcast. Um, I know, right? All right. Well, number uh, what do you have for number seven? I have my love. So this song was on Future of Sex Love Sounds, and I think the sound of this song was different than the other songs. And so it wasn't as dancey and wasn't as, um, I don't know, it was, it was just different. It wasn't like sexy back or anything like that. And so that's why I put it up there. But again, when I talk about my personal feelings, I also just really love this song. And like every time I've been to a concert, like as soon as the hook starts, the first few notes of the starts, I know exactly what's about to happen. And so like, to me, again, like you said earlier, like as soon as you hear like the first few beats of a song or the intro to a song, like if you can recognize that and it, it like conjures up feelings or whatever, like to me, that's a big hit, to, you know? And so that's why I have my love up there. Yeah. This has a great hook. I, mm-hmm. I had this at number 15. We skipped over it um, since, since you had it higher. Um, so this, this was on my list too. My number seven, we've talked about quite a bit. I think you had it up at 13 and we skipped it, but we did talk about this. Um, and that uh, for me is Holy Grail. Mm-hmm. And baby, it's amazing I'm in this maze with you. I just can't crack your code. One day you're screaming you love me loud. The next day you're so cold. One day you're here, one day you're there. One day you care, you're so unfair. Sipping from your cup till it runneth over. Uh, uh, holy grail. Uh, blue told me remind you. Um, I don't know what there is to say. I mean, it's Jay Z. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. Like, of all the collab songs, this is the one I chose because of that. It was like, I think he was also nominated for a Grammy with this song um in rap actually yeah and so that's why like when i think i mean like i could easily put something he did with like sierra that dance like that madonna like all of those songs obviously might have been more popular but like like you said it's (laughs) jay-z i think part of what jay-z's like appeal has always been to obviously he came up in like a boy band at least at the time when boy bands were popular like the idea was that teenage girls loved him and that other people might mock him well, JT ascended out of that to be somebody that everybody thought was cool. That was oh, yeah. not all like uh, somebody that would be kind of laughed off as a boy band person. And I think that, you know, recording a big rap song with Jay-Z, it just kind of speaks to it that he's like, he's got cred everywhere. That concert was one I was never forget because it was at Soldier Field and my friend had gotten me tickets for my birthday and when that song came on, everyone in the stadium knew the words. 
didn't matter like your gender your race like everyone was just singing along and i i love that moment obviously when like people can come together with music and all of that and then like i'd pause for a minute and be like you know like just kind of soak it all in too and so that's another time where like if you think about cultural relevance and everything like you know not everyone is going to be singing along to like four minutes you know or they're going to pretend like they they're not they don't know it or something like that but when holy grail started like everyone was on board and so maybe i don't have it high enough you know but i think like i said this is also where like my love was higher because of my personal feelings. <laughs> Rock your body was higher because of my personal feelings. No, but he, I mean, it's he's he's personal for a lot of people for like almost a whole generation. So it yeah. makes sense. I'm going to skip your six for now because we'll talk about it in a little bit. My six is mirrors, which we already talked about. My five mm-hmm. is wait, have we talked about? Uh, oh, I'm going to skip my five too because you have it much higher. So that takes us all the way to your number five, which is Senorita. Mama, yeah i mean again this is probably more of my bias coming out but like like i love this song it, it's just fun and yeah every concert i've been to the same thing like it's just it's a fun song i don't know i don't have a really good reason (laughs) that's that's i mean that's a good enough reason to to just like the song and remember it It definitely i definitely remember the song too i couldn't i struggled to like tie it as much to like a theme you know like if i think about like jay-z's relevance to to rap or jay-z or jt's evolution of his sound or ability to play with madonna or like affiliation with nsync i didn't necessarily have anything like that with this but it's definitely i mean it's i remember this song coming out i mean it was a huge hit at the time it's a good song all right well we talked suit and tie already which is your number four as long as i got my suit and tie i'm gonna leave it all on the floor tonight and it got fixed up too let me show you a good thing all pressed up in black and white So we'll go to my number four, uh, my last in sync uh, track on here, and that is Merry Christmas, Happy Holiday. <laughs> sync could do i mean like i i have a memory of i mean this song came out a really long time ago and i remember them all dancing in front of like rockefeller center on like some christmas special (laughs) 
it's easy to forget now like what the craze around like the boy band scene was at the time but it was yep. like fervent it was like uh, like maybe it was a Beatles insane. mania light yeah i mean this was really kind of the the infancy of it you know putting out christmas albums which then like all the other ones like 98 degrees and britney spears <laughs> did one and it was like became kind of the thing to do yep. um he wrote this song and I feel like this kind of, I don't know if I'm thinking about a central, like, you know, in 20 years, like what Justin Timberlake songs are going to be still getting played everywhere. Like this is, this is kind of like a seasonal favorite, I would say at this point. Oh yeah. That's a song that I almost thought about adding in here. And it's also because of the fact that, like you said, like 20 years later, people are still playing it around the Christmas time. I think why I, t- why I left it off, though, actually, I think I had it on and I took it off, was because when I think Justin Timberlake, it's not one of the first songs that pops up. No, it's you think about the group more. Yeah, yeah. With this one. Exactly. Um, all right. Well, we now have uh, the same number three. <laughs> I guess if you want to say it, I'll bleep you out. <laughs> <laughs> you say D in a box or dick in a box? <laughs> I think... Justin Timberlake just went on uh, Hot Ones, which is like a YouTube yep. show I love where he eats chicken wings. And I think he called it D and a B. So I'll go with that. Okay. Yeah, I think um, because I also forgot he did Mother Lover and Three Way for Saturday Night Live, too. But I think this is the song that, like, kicked it all off. Like, I know Lonely Island obviously has had many hits and everything. But, you know, like, so if I had to choose, like, a holiday song when I think Justin Timberlake, this is what I'm thinking (laughs) of, you know. (laughs) That's a really fair counter to Merry Christmas Happy Holiday. But yeah, I mean, it had to be on the list for sure. <laughs> Such a big part of his celebrity too is his Saturday Night Live hosting. Like, I think if I mean, he's now I think in the Five Timers Club. He's got his jacket. Yep. He's done. He's all the way down to his like give it up to for what's it called? Cheese, like where he's dressed up like a cheeseburger. Like when he's going to like the different soup towns and all that kind soup of stuff. Town? Yeah, so, it, all of those things. I think yeah. Well, he had one with um. With Lady Gaga, where he was dressed up as like a bottle of wine or something like that. Yeah, that was that same the same kind of like recurring sketch. Yep. Yeah. Like I think if you took away Saturday Night Live, which like is arguably decreasing in relevance now, and even people will like always like to say that Saturday Night Live isn't relevant anymore. I think if you took away his five Saturday Night Live appearances, it hurts his overall celebrity. Like he's like somewhat less of a celebrity than he currently is. Well, I think, like, you know, he's tried acting, right? Like, you know, people kept saying he was for sure going to get nominated for an Oscar for The Social Network and everything. And he's been in... Oh, um, I forgot to mention The Social Network. Yeah, and he's been in, um, like, just various movies all around and everything. And I think he's tried it. But I think 
like Saturday Night Live taps into like his humor. And so for me, it's kind of like, and it, it comes in like the two minute bits and that's, that's perfect. <laughs> so like for him to try and hold a two hour long movie, it's too much. Like the two minute, just let him be funny, let him be silly. You know, like, I think that's, that's his wheelhouse right there, especially when he's with Fallon, right? Like the two of them just riff off of each other. And so like the, the Barry Gibb and the Andy Gibb skits and stuff like that, like those things are perfect for him. Yeah, no, and that's a great point, too, about Jimmy Fallon. That's a huge part of a celebrity, too, that I would say goes almost hand-in-hand with hosting Saturday Night Live and Mm -hmm. kind of the quote-unquote bromance that his social media, I think, helped kind of amplify. Um, For sure. And, yeah, The Social Network is probably his most relevant movie for a podcast like this, and I didn't even mention it. (laughs) Um, All right, well, we're in the home stretch now. I'm going to, your number two is my number one, so I'll skip that. My number two is amazingly, oh wait, it is on your list, it's your number six, okay. My number two is his only Oscar-nominated song to date, he may get another one this year, Um, and that is Can't Stop the Feeling. First of all, I think I'm probably overweighting it because this is an Oscar show and he was nominated for an Oscar with it. This was also a huge hit at a point where maybe you think that his peak is over or his star is gone and, you know, he's had a great career. I mean, this is like a like a peak number one Justin Timberlake hit that kind of just extends his celebrity. And again, on the list, you know, when I talked about kind of Billboard's ranking of his overall songs um this was number one there too um okay so so this is one that i had high at number two you also had it in your top 10 at number six yeah and i think it's a song that like still gets played right like think about all of the stuff that's going on right now and people are like looking for happy things like this is a song that keeps getting played right now like you don't hear many justin timberlake songs getting played a lot like his older songs i should say um and not that this is super old or anything but it's a song that just keeps getting played in like multiple venues too and so i can see why you had it high yeah it does make me wonder with this year so i think um the other, if the other side is sort of the most likely to be an Oscar nominee this year, I think the couple things that it has going against it. So one is that Universal, I think, pissed everybody off by releasing this on video on demand. Like, I think that the Academy might not forgive that. But if they get over that, I don't know if that song stacks up to Can't Stop the Feeling. And maybe they won't compare it like that. Mm-hmm. But it definitely seems like a lesser song oh yeah for sure it's like a it's like a part b you know what i mean like a plan b song can't stop the feeling is like a really like it's just catchy you know it's really fun and i think the other side maybe if it weren't being compared to can't stop the feeling it would have been just as fun and even like don't slack the one that came out with anderson pock and anna kendrick in that video like that's a fun song too but again it it is not 
it's not going to be as big as Can't Stop the Feeling. Doesn't quite have that same like hit power. Yeah. Well, we're almost there. Um, let's talk about your number two and my number one. That yeah. Is so, Rhyme a River. Girl, I refuse. You must have me confused with some other guy. Not like them, baby. Bridges go burn. Now it's your turn. It's your turn. To cry. So, Cry me a river. I mean, you know, the the whole Britney saga, um, the video, everything, you know, and like it's it's almost like a revenge video. <laughs> that's exactly what it is for me. That's what that's yep. what I have it is number one is is the Britney piece of this. This is just like a famous guy, like a really famous relevant celebrity guy. You think about Justin and Britney, like that, you know tabloids don't already don't quite work the same as they did even 20 years ago but this is like the apex of a celebrity couple and like when you're thinking about like what defines his career you know and then he comes out with this sort of like really bitter huge hit that's also this like awesome song with like a hook from Timberland and like this to me is just peak JT like it kind of (laughs) this kind of is how famous he is in like tangible form (laughs) Oh, yeah. And I think, like, the fact that he was putting it all out there in public, you know, like, you know, he didn't overtly say, like, you know, this is about Britney cheating on me or anything like that. But, you know, everyone knew, everyone knew, I guess. And the fact that he was just putting it out there was, like, something unheard of for him, too. Because I think for the longest time, like, you know, they were together, obviously, but they weren't, like, you know, they weren't. I don't know, in your face about their relationship, I suppose, except when they both dressed in denim. But like, (laughs) you know, and then for this to happen and like the breakup and like the why behind it, all the speculation that like now all of a sudden he was the one like saying like, nope, it actually happened. He was taking control of it. And so the fact that he put it out there, I think, was a huge deal, too. Yeah, that's uh, that's the top of the list for me. And then uh, let's talk about your number one. Yeah, so I had sexy back as my number one. I went back and forth for a really long time because I think the original list I sent you, I actually had D and a B as number one. I think so. Yeah, and so, but I changed it because I think when you think of Justin Timberlake, like anyone, like I asked my mom, like when you think of Justin Timberlake, you know, and she doesn't know who he is or anything, but she immediately says the sexy back guy. And so, yeah, and so like when I think about that, I mean, he coined this term too. You know, and you still hear people saying like bringing sexy back and all of that. And so to me, that's why I put it as number one, because like I think he's forever going to be associated with sexy back. And he's the one that kind of like, I don't know, I don't know if he ever coined, if he really did make up this term or what, but he's associated with it. 
And so that's why I had it at number one. Yeah, I think that's a great argument. I had it at number five, so also really high. There you go. That's the list. Yeah. What uh, what do you think? <laughs> how, how do you feel post post exercise? It was hard. I mean, like you know, like when you talk about girlfriend, I was like, yeah, that should have been on there. You know, like I was <laughs> like almost having like regret of like, no, maybe I should have taken this one out. And you know, thinking about that, but it also like makes me want to go back and listen to some of these albums now. Um. I mean, not that I don't listen to Justin Timberlake all the time already, but you know, it just it just also shows you shows you like like the array of music, you know, from being fun to almost borderline country to like, you know, working with Jay Z and all of that. Like, there's just so much variety there, and so it was like I said, it was a really good distraction. It was fun to do. <laughs> Well, I appreciate you doing it. I appreciate you bringing the legitimate Justin Timberlake knowledge to it. Um, if there's one thing I took away from the exercise, it's that I probably am not qualified to talk about music. Um, but I had a lot of fun. I appreciate you doing it with me. <laughs> no problem. I was going to say, I'm not really a music expert either, but when it comes to Justin Timberlake, I probably can, you know, pretty proudly say, like, yes, I can speak about his music. <laughs> yeah, there you go. We'll see if he wins an Oscar for Trolls World Tour. Uh, for sure. No problem.